welcome back to Tradish with Mary Rook. This is episode four, but our first time filming a video, so we're pretty excited about that. So welcome back. Joe Biden has taken another vacation. You know, we kind of thought it was going to happen. We saw him coming back from Israel. He looked exhausted on that plane. I mean, he's way too old to be president right now. Not just that, but his cognitive ability is just obviously lacking. So he's sitting there on the plane and you have Blinken sitting behind him like a hostage, you know, negotiator just going, please, please get him off this plane. Please get him out in front of the press. Like, please get him away from these guys. He is going to start World War III. So all of this is happening and it was clear Joe needed a nap. So they send him to Delaware. They say, go and rest. We'll bring you out when we need you next. 50 Cent is like, no, we're not going to be doing that. So you always wonder, like, will people outside of the conservative punditry world ever really notice that Joe Biden is not all there? Of course, conservatives notice. Of course, the people that voted for Trump over Biden notice that Biden's not there. But you really worry about these Democratic voters, like what is going on in their head? And then you have someone like 50 Cent pop up and there's this great picture. He like screenshotted a um, article about Joe being on the beach again. It says Biden hits the beach with Middle East Congress in chaos and 50 cent to his almost 30 million followers on Instagram posts. Hey, Joe, get the F up. We in trouble, man. <laughs> so the world erupts, right? You know, the entertainment industry is like, look at what Joe Biden or look at what 50 cent has said about President Biden this is really hilarious, or should he be, he be speaking out? So then 50 Cent decides he's going to double down on this. In a screenshot of an article about his reaction to Joe being at the beach, he reacts again, posting again to Instagram to his 30 million followers and says, we got some real shit going on out here, Joe. What's the plan? Get a tan and chill. Come on now. Come on now is always like a really famous tagline that Biden says all the time. And it's just hilarious because you really wonder sometimes, like, do normal people see it? Do people who are in the entertainment industry obsessed with celebrity culture, you know, obsessed with that mainstream narrative that is constantly being fed to us, do they understand really how bad it is? I mean, we have a president sitting on a plane and his handlers are in the background freaking out, hoping he doesn't say the wrong thing. They used to say that about Trump, but he could stand up there for like 45 minutes and give a great speech on something. And Biden can barely hold it together for three minutes. And before Blinken is going, get him off, get him off, get him off. It's going to be a really interesting next year and a half as we figure out who's going to be the president in 2024. But stay along for the ride. OK, here we go. <music> Sometimes it feels like we know a little bit too much about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's marriage, but having it on display like it is gives us the ability to be able to see why masculinity and marriage is so important. When men are able to be good, strong leaders for their family, they can troubleshoot the issues and help their wife be less stressed, be you know more secure, more confident. The family is happier. There's this really you know stupid old adage that says happy wife, happy life. And it's used to kind of demonize how crazy women are. But in reality, we hold the burden of the emotional stability of the family. And men, our husbands, should come behind us and make us feel secure and confident because it is a lot to hold that burden. Now, you come and you see Will Smith and Jada. You have a weak man with a traumatized woman. And um, in reality, she's someone who is going to break her out of her selfishness. She's in a cycle right now where everything is about self-love, 
you know, self-determination. What do I need to do? I'm an independent woman. I mean, just look at the way she talked about her affair. She had an affair with her son Jaden's friend. His name was August Alcine or Alcin. He was a rapper. He used to have a contract. He doesn't anymore. He came out and admitted that he had this affair with Jada. He said that Will gave him permission. And so that, you know, that it kind of like sealed the deal and it was fine. And it was like all kosher within their little tripod thing that they were forming. But Jada came out and denounced this characterization. Will 100% did not give her or August permission to be able to start this sexual relationship between the two of them. And it wasn't that she came out and said this because her husband looked like someone who was willing to let another man have sex with his wife or, you know, to protect him in some way or to take blame on herself. No, it was a, it was a good thing that Will didn't have permission to be able to give August, you know, a chance to sleep with his wife. Because Jada says that they were separated at the time and that gave her, it, that took Will's authority away from her. No one has explained to Jada that the second you enter into that sacrament of marriage, it's forever. You can get divorced, fine. You can separate, fine. But his authority over her never ends. It's whether or not Will wants to exercise that authority. That's the only way their marriage is going to come back into the middle again. If not, you're going to keep seeing these crazy videos of Will standing on stage talking about how much he loves his his dutiful wife and how much he loves Jada and how their marriage is going to last forever um, and how you have to love everyone beyond um, what you're capable of doing because, you know, he's got it worked out. They're going to be great. She's, you know, she's a great mother. She's a great wife. All of these things when in reality, the product of what she's created for their family are these two very lost children and a husband who looks like he has been traumatized. He looks like he's been in, you know, struggle sessions every day of their marriage. He looks exhausted. He is looks one more comment away from running into the Amazon and never coming back home again. She disrespects her marriage because she feels out of control. A lot of times men think, okay, women just want to be in control of everything. So I just let her handle it. I let her pick all the lunches. I let her pick where we eat for dinner. I let her decide what activities the kids are going to do. I let her decide whether or not my kids are going to be in school, which school they go to. They trust their wife to do all of that stuff. Sometimes it's out of laziness. And the men that do that out of laziness are the ones that will see trauma and strife enter into their family life. Will should be demanding the respect that a husband deserves. And Jill should be, or Jada, I should say, should be requiring that Will act like a man that deserves respect. I mean, you don't allow your wife to run around on you in the way that she has done or raise the, her, your children in the way that she has done and then sit back and go, this was a job well done. Another kind of crazy story that's been out there. Another good example of how wives have been demeaning their husbands is Kelly Ripa and Mark Consuelos. This is just another example of women treating their husbands like they're useless losers who annoy them. So she came out and she said, in order to avoid having a sexual relationship with her husband, she pretends to be dead. That's the joke. She hates having sex with her husband so much that she lays there and pretends to be dead. One, could you imagine hating your husband that much that the, the thought of him coming onto you in a romantic sexual nature 
makes you want to die, makes you want to pretend like you're dead. That's insane. And second, how do you think Mark feels? Not This wasn't like some private joke that she said between the two of them and, um, you know, he can move on from it. She said this to the world. So the entire world knows that instead of having sex with her insanely hot husband, I mean, he must be in the top 1% of, you know, attractive people on the planet. But she's telling the world that his touch, him coming on to her is revolting enough to make her play dead. And when you have women like this who are selfish and self-absorbed enough to be able to, to think that it's okay to talk about your husband like this in public, that just shows the sign that these men are not capable of filling the role of husband, are filling the role of strong leader in their family. Kelly shouldn't have to be forced to have sex with her husband, no, obviously. But if you claim to have a loving marriage, if you claim to have a functional relationship, if you claim to have great children and all of these things, then telling jokes like you have to play dead to have sex with your husband makes it feel like, you know, all of those things are a lie. And it's just another reason why people should not be basing how they live their lives and their marriages on, you know, celebrity relationships. They're as fleeting as they come. Even the ones that we thought were stable, like Hugh Jackman and his wife, after 27 years, him and Deborah Lee decide that they're going to get divorced. They have two adopted children and, um, you know, they're splitting their separate ways. And Meryl Streep and her husband are also getting divorced. You know, these these crazy um, relationships between celebrities are not what our society should be modeling um, the next generation of relationships after or we're going to be doomed. They're all fleeting and chasing after something that is not concrete, that does not build legacies. Britney Spears' new memoir, A Woman and Me, gives a really clear view of what her life was like with Justin Timberlake, which is pretty much what everybody's very much interested in. How did that relationship end and what kind of went on with that? In the book, she admits that her and Justin decided to have an abortion whenever they became pregnant after having premarital sex. At the time, Britney Spears was the person that every man looked at and kind of the same with Justin Timberlake. It's not that men necessarily wanted to be that be him, but they were definitely jealous of the fact that he was with Britney Spears. Looking at her life and how it's ended up now, it couldn't be more of a clear-cut example on how women of that time have been lied to and the consequences of those lies. So we had Britney. At the time, she was the biggest pop star. Her job was to sell innocent sexuality. I know that that sounds like an oxymoron, but essentially what she would do is get on stage get in these music videos, ha perform these songs, and th they would be dripping in, you know, and behind the scenes sexuality where, you know, hit me baby one more time, writhing on the floor, wearing short skirts, showing your belly, all of those kinds of things that were very, you know, sexual in nature and allowing a teenage girl essentially to do that. So her innocence came with the fact that they, at the time it was like really popular for everyone to have these, you know, virginity pledges and we're saving ourselves for marriage and and, you know, all of those kind of things that came from that Disney world. So here is Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake clearly having a sexual relationship. They get pregnant. They have an abortion. No one knows about it. They break up. Everybody assumes that it's because Britney Spears cheated on Justin. Doesn't help that he released a song, Cry Me a River, like a year later that 
with a woman in it really made the whole song made it seem like the reason why they broke up was because Britney Spears had cheated on him. When in reality, Justin broke up with her after their abortion through a text message. And apparently all it said was, it's over. She was in the middle of filming a music video and the director came to her, found her sobbing on the floor. She shows him the text that says, it's over. And he gives her some speech about, don't you want to show him what he's missing? And, you know, coaxes her back out onto the stage. What she really needed was love and support. Here's a girl that was dating a guy that she loved. She admits in her book that she loves Justin. She thought they would get married. She saw life with him. That's probably the reason why she decided to have sex with him before marriage. At the time, it wasn't normal for you to go out and have tons of sexual partners. So for a girl that young to give herself to another person, it was most likely because she thought, I'll do it now we're going to get married. What's the harm in waiting? Well, the harm in waiting is you get pregnant and then everybody in your family and his family pressure you to have an abortion. And then so in her words, she said, um, when she described the nature of the abortion, she said, it was important that no one find out about the pregnancy or the abortion, which meant doing everything at home. I kept crying and sobbing until it was all over. After that trauma, after that traumatic experience in which she, the man who got her pregnant, the man that she's in love with, allowed her to have an abortion at home alone. After all of that, then he sends her a text and says, it's over. That's going to break any woman. I don't know how you can emotionally handle a situation like that without spiraling, especially not whenever you're, you're every person in your life is not looking out for you, but rather figuring out a way to monetize everything you do. She was in every ad, Pepsi, Coke, you name it. She was the spokesperson. And now she's sitting back and her family's going, buck up, buttercup, let's go. Let's keep on pushing. It's okay that you just murdered one of our family members. Let's keep going. Our older generations of women asked men to like make this deal during the sexual revolution, said, We'll give you free love, but in return, we want the ability to end your legacy. And I truly don't believe that men quite understand what they let go whenever they allowed casual sex to be the number one commodity in our society. So a really close example of this, there was a man, um, there's there's this viral tweet going around and this woman was essentially being groped by her husband. They're sitting at what looks like a very fancy event, maybe a gala or a charity event or something to that effect. And he reaches over, she's wearing a really low cut dress and he reaches over and he grabs a handful of her breast. Then the picture snapped. So it's not that like it was done tongue in cheek and it was really quick and no one saw it. It was definitely on display. They wanted everyone to know that her husband gropes her in public. Essentially the tagline was, um, this is normal, people hate it. People want to say that, you know, this is this is disrespectful to women, but it, it's empowering. And she does touch on a correct subject. Yes, men should make their wives feel wanted, but not cheat. After you get married, it's obviously not a struggle, but a, a constant need to continue to work at making sure your romance stays alive, especially when you have children. Your schedules get so busy and jam-packed that at the end of the day, both of you are collapsing on the bed. And the last thing that you honestly think about is looking over at one another and going, okay, let's, you know, let's get the, let's get the fire going. It's often the most important thing to make a connection in a marriage last. So 
yes, I do think that men should walk around the house and grab their women and and kiss them on the neck and, you know, give them a little butt squeeze and, and you know, make them feel wanted, make them feel sexy in every stage of their life. And these women will love you and be loyal to you and, and want to make you feel, you know, handsome and sexy and supported in all of those ways. So, yes, she touches on that subject in the sense that men 100% should make their wives feel wanted. But this isn't that. He's groping her in public. Whenever you leave the house, a man's responsibility is to protect his wife and family. And this is not it. He's turning her into a commodity and not into something that should be treasured. So inherently, every man that walks around and sees him doing that knows that there's a price for her. She's not priceless. She's not this invaluable you know, part of his life, she is just like everything else, a show, a nice car, a nice house, a nice family, and then a wife that'll allow me to treat her like a sexual object in public. Other men should not be fantasizing sexually about your wife, and you should not be aiding in that. It's, it's exactly the idea behind, you know, why you, why you would want Jada Smith to be taking up for her husband went through the affair. It's not because, you know, she's some boss woman that should be allowed to cheat on her husband or whatever it is. It's because she's cheated on her husband and now her husband is publicly emasculated in front of the world and she's doing nothing to bring him back into the fold. She's doing nothing to secure him or make him feel safe or make him feel, you know, loved or cherished or any of those things. And that's what this husband is doing to his wife. He's gaslit her into believing that because he's grabbed her in public, all of a sudden she's the most beautiful woman on the planet to him. No, that's not how this works. You don't sit there and and take a part of degenerate culture and then claim that you're living this traditional life. That's not how we save the next generation of children from making these same mistakes. Like you don't get together for a sexual nature. Brittany and Justin are, you know, a, an example of that. You have these children getting together, pretending to be in a marriage by jumping into this sexual relationship and then expecting for no harm to come of it. We have been telling these women for generations that their sex can be sold and can be traded for different societal points when in reality, men should be protecting that. They should be guarding it and guiding it and, and, and placing women on these pedestals again. And I know a lot of men want to talk about it how women aren't ready for marriage and how when when women get together, all they want to do is steal your money and, and all of those things. But that's not what's happening. You know, it, it's going to take both of us coming back to the middle. It's going to take both men and women to decide that we don't want the next generation to be plagued by depression and loneliness and um, have the idea that living some corporate life is somehow better than raising a family. We don't want that for our children. And so in order to prevent that from happening, we have to take a look at marriage and we have to decide that both of us are going to come back together. And it's not an either or. It's not that men need to look at women and find that they've changed and now that they can change. No, it has to be obviously simultaneous, but someone's got to start. And if men want to have a legacy, if men want to have something that's going to last for generations and have people that are going to wake up and remember them, then this part of marriage 
has to be understood that you enter into this sacrament to build legacies and, and to love and support the next generation. Okay, let's switch gears for a second and talk about what the heck is happening in England. Christendom has been taken over by Hamas sympathizers. Throughout the weekend, we saw riots and protests happening all around England, but especially in London, where Hamas sympathizers were carrying Palestinian flags and Hamas flags, marching through the streets, begging for action against Israel. Essentially, people were saying that what Israel is doing in Palestine is genocide, and um, they were calling for Muslim armies to rise and jihads to happen. And all of these things were taking place in the middle of Christendom. And instead of the police officers, you know, keeping the peace and, and taking on the protesters that were calling for Muslim armies to rise against the Jews, instead of taking that seriously, as the British citizens would watch this going on, they'd be taking out their flags. A lot of them took out their St. George cross flags and, um, you know, the Union Jack, and they were waving them proudly in the street. Police officers came up to them and had a real issue with this. So you're going to watch two videos back to back. In both instances, British citizens were told that they cannot carry their flag because it would be somehow construed as racist. And, and the police were warning these people that if any racism jumps off, that they'll be arrested. Okay, watch. For the moment, anything racist or even close no, to racism no, is said. Let me finish. The moment anything gets anything close to that, all right, people are going to start getting arrested. It's just this is the verbal warning that you know we're all on the same it's incredible. These people are allowed to walk through the streets and scream, you know, from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. And yet a British citizen is not allowed to wave their country's flag without being called a racist, without being told that they're the ones in the wrong. The insanity behind all of this is what is the most alarming. So all of this is taking place. And, um, and on top of that, their monuments are being destroyed. Now, the United States has, has already been dealing with this for several years, and I know England has too. But the largest, you know, fall of your society is whenever you allow your heritage to be destroyed. So while these Hamas protesters were walking through the streets and causing mayhem and denouncing Jewish people in their entirety, not just the ones that they have issue with, but every Jewish person on the planet is now a target by these people. So all of this is taking place in these historic areas, including Trafalgar Square, which the um, British Navy used to be the world's foremost, you know, premier naval power. Part of that was due to a admiral named Horatio Nelson. He was very famous. He died in the Battle of Trafalgar. Essentially, what happened was is he he set the Navy up for, for a series of v major victories before the Battle of Trafalgar. And he died grasping victory. And because of him, 
the English people were able to reign supreme over the world for, you know, close to a century. So they're they're running the the world and the British people should be proud of that. That this is a part of your historical culture, the stuff that needs to be left alive to keep people together and keep people rooting for a common goal as English people. Now in America we are seeing the same thing, but it brings to light that if you can't even carry St. George's Cross in Christendom, what's happening in America? Well, we know our investigative reporter for the Daily Caller News Foundation, Jenny Tayer, she has done an excellent job documenting what's going on in our on our southern border and over the weekend released a damning report from um, CBP that shows there have been Hezbollah and Palestinian Jihad members coming over the southern border. According to this, the San Diego Field Office Intelligent Unit assesses that individuals inspired by or reacting to the current Israel-Hamas conflict may attempt to travel to or from the area of hostilities in the Middle East via cir circuitous transit across the southwest border, the memo reads. Foreign fighters motivated by ideology or mercenary soldiers of fortune may attempt to um, travel to and from the U.S. or from countries in the Middle East through Mexico, the memo adds. We're talking about during a time where our borders are open. We have no security down there. We are catching just a small percentage of the people coming across the border. And our, our government is essentially saying, yes, you're right. Your greatest fear, the people that are causing trouble, the people that just shot rockets into Israel have been beheading children have been kidnapping elderly women, children from their homes and holding them as political ransom. These are the people that they're probably coming across the border. Sorry, guys, but just thought I'd let you know that we, that this is definitely probably happening. We should be terrified. We should be begging, yelling, screaming, demanding that the federal government close our southern border. It's not enough to put a fence up. It is not enough to catch the people coming across. We need to be stopping it and in its entirety and be letting these people know, listen, we're closed for business right now. We have to secure our borders. There was just a terrorist attack in Israel. There have been several attacks after that in places where there are high concentrations of you know, Middle Eastern migrants. And we as a country, as a nation, are you know, worthy of defense, are worthy of securing our borders. But we don't have that. We've got Joe Biden, like 50 Cent said, laying on the beach. We've got stuff going on, Joe. Come on. We cannot continue to allow our southern border to be as open as it is, or we're going to see some serious issues coming from this in the future. It's terrifying. Okay, this brings us to our weekly segment called It's All Trans to Me. It's ma'am. It is ma'am. It's All Trans to Me is a weekly segment where I highlight some of the craziest things that have bled into our schools, libraries, government, and media and entertainment. So let's get started. First, we're going to talk about what's going on in our government. The world is on the brink of World War III. We've got Joe Biden's feeding our you know, service members lobster and steak. We have Secretary Austin claiming that they're pulling soldiers up and getting them ready for deployment. It's on the brink of disaster. And so you look at all these TikTok military videos to try and figure out what kind of people are serving in our military right now. And it's terrifying. Two videos are going viral over the weekend. 
of one's an army guy, one's a navy guy, one guy, uh, they're both in uniform. You can see what their names are. One guy's last name is Kelly. The other guy's last name is, I think, Wally, W-H-A-L-L-E-Y, it looks like on his uniform. We're sitting here watching them and they're kind of dancing provocatively and they look very feminine, not like someone who's gonna run into a burning building to save you, for sure. So he's sitting there and he's posing and then he does this weird transition into being a drag queen. Both of them do. It's a side-by-side. It was a great meme made by this account. It's called I Meme, Therefore I Am, at I Meme O. So watch it now. She'll be the cash, I'll be the rubber band. Uh, <clears throat> okay. If you'll be the cash, I'll be the rubber band. You'll be the match, I'll be a fuse. The reason why this is so terrifying is because Joe Biden has systematically removed people from the military for not following his ideological orders. And now we're on the brink of World War III, and these are the men that we're sending. I mean, I guess that we should be thankful that if we're fighting another bloody war in the desert, that we aren't going to be sending our brightest and healthiest and you know happiest over there. Did we ever think about what would happen if we lost? What happens when our enemies find out that we're sending a bunch of you know trans drag queens over there to fight against them? There's no special safe place for them. There's no place for them to be themselves or work out their you know their inner feelings or anything like that. This is a war zone. And this is where we're sending them. And this is our military. So enjoy. All right. Next thing we're going to talk about is entertainment. Maxim Magazine in Australia named a man to their top 100 women. So a former Australian football coach by the name of Danny Laidley, which is so funny because it's almost like lady, is on the hottest 100 women for Maxim Australia. It said, welcome to the 2023 Ultra Tune Maxim Hot 100 our annual eclectic definitive, meaning it's the only list important. It, this is the be all end all list. So our annual eclectic definitive list of Australian women who have impressed, made headlines, or simply had a huge year, the past 12 months saw an abundance of fine and fierce fems who have wowed us with their aptitude, intellect, humor, attributes, and overall incredible talent. So this is who they're adding on there now. Women aren't allowed to be in the maximum top 100 because we have to make spaces for men now. That's where our culture is. That's where our society is. We've got to stop that. Plus, this guy does not even look like a woman. He looks like a footballer. And I know that they're probably meaning soccer when they say Australian Football League or rugby, but the guy looks like a linebacker. He looks like he just walked off of the 1990s Miami Dolphins team and he's ready to wreck shop and slam some Coors Light. This does not look like a woman who has had a great year or, you know, a woman who is beautiful, sexy, and worth admiring. This, it's insanity. Okay, and then the last thing that we're gonna talk about is a Yonkers library. So in Yonkers, they it decided to hold a drag event workshop for minors, okay? So if you're going to the library with your children now, you not only have to worry about the weirdos creeping behind the stacks like we did as kids, now you have to worry about what's actually in the stacks, what are on the shelves for these children to read and what's going on with it. So these librarians, instead of protecting children from this kind of stuff, they've now invited the wolf into the hen house. They've got a drag queen coming to do story hour for minors and 
the tax and the city's putting it on. So your taxpayers are paying for all of this that's going on. So enjoy. Those are your three top stories for It's All Trans to Me. Okay, the last topic we're going to talk about this week is what women should be expecting when they go on a date. There's a viral video, really great right now, Man on the Street, where a guy walks up and he asks two beautiful women what they're expecting on their date with him or any man, really. Like what? how much a man should be willing to spend on their date. So watch. What's the most a man should spend on a first date? I feel like if I'm going to get ready and I'm going to use all my products to come out with you, I need like a minimum of $200, a minimum. And that's like being nice. And what does a man get in return for that? My presence. What? Aren't you having his presence within you already? I hear you, but no. <laughs> no. I mean, like, I'm here oh, is to it get different? to know you. I'm here to get to know you. You invited me out. But he has to drop $200. Yeah. Because Minimum. That, yeah. Because just, you just because, me out. Just because you have to do your makeup? Um, because I have to... Okay, so we're gonna do the math. My moisturizer is $400, my eye cream is $300, my serum is like another $300, my makeup, you know, not included. So if I have to spend, you know, that's my money. I'm spending my money on these products, I'm gonna use these products. What are you using them for though? For myself. Okay. But I'm gonna use these products and I'm gonna show up because it's not like I'm gonna show up in sweats. The man doesn't owe you anything if you're just getting to know each other. If you're inviting me out, you owe me a date. Obviously, the guy asks her, you know, how much is a date? And the, and she responds, at l- the guy should be spending at least $200. And the, the interviewer was shocked that she respond this way, asks her, okay, so what do you get? Like, what are you offering him? If you're getting $200, what are you offering him? And her response was priceless. It says, my presence. She goes, my presence. Yes, that's what, that's all that used to be expected of women is for them to show up, look beautiful, and, and a man would take her out on a date. That's the societal construct of, of which we designed. Do men want to chase after beautiful women or not? The, the idea that she would have to justify her worth to this random stranger is indicative of a bigger issue than what we got going on in society. Men want to live out their youth consuming as many beautiful women as possible, which means taking their virginity, taking their sex away, taking their innocence away, and causing them, you know, emotional strife within themselves because it's not easy. Like women that claim that having multiple partners makes them feel empowered or makes them feel loved and all of these things, it's not real. They carry that baggage around with them on their body and in their heart forever. And so here we are asking women to go through that because men want to consume as many women as possible. But then they just act, you know, shocked or upset about the unbalanced nature of society. Like they get sex and all this woman is asking for is a $200 date. It seems very unbalanced, but towards the woman, not the man. Now we have the idea that like men will say, oh, well, women are just gold diggers. They're only looking for a good meal. They don't really care about us. And yes, there are definitely women like that. That's not to say that's not what's happening sometimes. But for the most part, women just want to know that they are priceless, that they don't have a, a, a an inherent value sticker stuck on them that says, no, a date with her is only worth, you know, a double cheeseburger from McDonald's. A date with her is worth going to Ruth's Chris. Like there shouldn't be an idea where you have to monetize a date in that way. But 
What she's saying is she's living within the societal parameters. She does her hair. She does her makeup. She puts all of these serums on. She makes sure that she looks good. And she's living up to the societal contract of what we have created. And then all of a sudden men want to come around and say, no, that's that's not what we want to do anymore. Don't they understand that this has been the easiest time in the history of men being able to have you know, unlimited casual sex with women. This has been the easiest times in society. We're talking about women who used to require that men give their life and their legacy to them in order to be able to gain access to their sexuality. And yet men are just upset because a date might cost $200. Yes, of course, she should be fine going to Chipotle. She should be fine going to the dollar movie. All of those things are true. Your, your, your arguments in that respect, yes. Okay, I agree with them. But at the end of the day, women should be put back on that pedestal. We have to bridge this divide between the two because if not, what ends up happening is men took took this you know concept, the idea that free love or casual sex can be traded for these lifelong commitments and they erase their legacy with it. Men cannot be remembered for generations and generations and generations without children. And you can't do that without women. And women will not, you know, mother your children will not give you your legacy unless they respect you. The biggest point of that is this. Whenever you see women out and they are, you know, single mothers or they have mothers by different fathers and all that stuff, they always thought that having that child would force that man to kind of come back into the fold, to be that father figure, to step up and and build a legacy with her. Because inherently, that's what our that's what we do. We are the legacy builders. If you want that, you have to respect us and you have to love us and and cherish us and and keep us safe. It's not that women want to you know gain a bunch of financial stability from men it's more than that it's feeling secure and confident and loved and no a 200 dollars date is not going to make you feel loved but it will go along um the lines of telling her how much they cherish women or if he understands the effort that she's put forward he doesn't have to tell her the monetary value, but he should make her feel at least like he spent $200 on the date or the effort was worth the effort that she put in. Your your date doesn't even have to be expensive. You just have to make sure that she feels the effort was worth everything that she had to cut through to get to that date. So yes, men, love women, please take them out dote on them, make them feel loved and secure because there is nothing worse for our society than angry, bitter women who end up childless and alone. All right. I hope y'all enjoyed today's episode. All the show's notes can be found below. I'd love to hear from y'all. So please leave a comment while you're there. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you find us and check out my daily column at thedailycaller.com. Don't forget to join us next week for another exciting episode of Tradish with Mary Rook. You can find me on Twitter at Mary Rook underscore. That's at M-A-R-Y-R-O-O-K-E underscore. See y'all next week.